0: It is a Wednesday, October 7. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will,
1: something occurred to me today about this podcast. We've been doing it since 2016. And in that time, I think the Saints have finished like 10th, 14th, like 14th, 9th. And I haven't really enjoyed like the last like quarter of the podcast. Like, you know, it's finals and so there's something to get excited about. But it's been an exhausting year. For me, so this is the first time. I'm so keen to talk about football. I'm consuming as much as I can. I'm really excited. I'm like, oh, is this what is this what
0: success feels like? Is this what happiness feels like? Here's what I will say to you because I, you know, we'll get to you talking about it in a minute, but I'll just say this. I finally I, look. I've thought this for a little while, but this last weekend probably settled this conclusion in my mind. The 2016 healed me. I'm fine. Like, I I wish you nothing but the joy that I experienced in 2016. I hope that the Saints go all the way. I was sad to see the Bulldogs lose. I mean, we nearly stole it, and we would have stolen it. And look, we'll probably get to all of this. The way that St Kilda's going to line up on the weekend, it might have almost been better if the Bulldogs stole it. You know, know, we might have been in better shape. to go through to get massacred by Richmond this weekend coming. But but I hope against hope that that isn't the case because what I really want is 2016 has... It hasn't made me jealously want to guard premierships for myself. If they came my way, that would be fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I would enjoy the success that came with it. I'm not going to say no to it. If somebody said, here's some more success, would you like to sit down at this table and have this banquet of success? I would like, thank you very much for presenting me this sizzler smorgasbord of premiership success. But if I can't have it, Charlie, I've had sufficient. I am full and I am fine for other people who are more deserving to sup at my table. Uh, Look at
1: this bloody Bernie Sanders socialist football supporter here. It's like we should share it all around. We've all had enough. There's no reason for, for, for Carlton and Essendon to be like the, the billionaires and hoard all the premiership cups. They could give they
0: could give a quarter of their cups away to like wouldn't St Kilda notice. and Melbourne and North... Wouldn't, wouldn't even notice. notice. They'd still have plenty of cups. How many cups are you going to use? When are you going to have 13 or 14 people around and you're going to serve them all drinks out of a premiership cup? It is not going to happen. And traditionally large groups drink out of the drink out of the one cup anyway right.
1: <laughs> so like it would have to be if you're and it'd have to be like close to I don't know like uh, 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 120 people exactly
0: yeah you, you've got like uh, you've got enough cups your cupboard is full of cups if you had more cups it's only going to yeah. present more problems you're going to have to build more cupboards you're going to have to expand just to fit mm. your extra cups at the Bulldogs we have we have two cups <laughs> we have one that we can use right. ourselves and now we can have a guest over <laughs> We can both have a cup. You know it is?
1: Like, five years ago, St Kilda and the Bulldogs were both housemates. And it was like, they were the kind of housemates that people were like, you know, those two guys have been living together forever. Like, one of them needs to get their act together. And for a while, it looked like St Kilda got his act together. He got a job around 09, 010. He was doing really well. He actually, you know, almost got promoted to CEO. But then St Kilda did what St Kilda always does. Like, at the Christmas party, he pissed in a pot plant in front of <laughs> everyone. He did something. To stuff it up, and then lost his job, and then he's been in the wilderness for ten years, and we were just smoking bongs on the couch, St Kilda and Bulldog, just hanging out on the couch, and then around about 2015, Bulldog stood up, and smashed the bong and said, "No, nah, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm sick of it." And St Kilda's like, "Come on, man, just chill. You bring a lot of negativity in the room. Why don't we just we'll get another quarter, we'll just smoke some bowls, we'll be fine." all right
0: but bulldog said no i'm gonna go out for a run the bulldogs were like a team like you know what it is the bulldogs are the housemate who are always coming up with like quick get rich quick ideas like you know <laughs> and finally <laughs> we just hair brain We schemes. stumbled upon a hair brain scheme an app we came up with an app and we became tech billionaires you did but it was one of
1: those apps yeah. that, wrote like, like Vine, it yeah. rose and fell in about two years before the bigger boys, as they always do, came in and reasserted their dominance. Yeah. But it's okay because you're left with like a billion dollars in the bank. And so now you can go back to sitting on the couch smoking bogs, which it seems like you have been doing for the past <laughs> four years. I'll be honest with you. Is that what Bevo's doing? Thursday night, bongs. You just bring your skateboard over, we'll go on
0: the half pipe, we'll smoke a few bowls. Fucking listen to some Metallica, watch some Kung Fu movies. Mate, don't don't worry about it. I'm going to play Josh Dunkley and Josh Bruce in the ruck. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be cool, man. <laughs> Bevo, you're really high. <laughs> Let's go skateboarding. Let's go down to the fucking bowl and smoke some bowls. I've got a new only I want to show you. Bevo, the game's on the weekend.
1: I think it's very um, generous of you to. I mean, most Bulldog supporters that I was, I was seeing online and stuff were... Like, uh, like Godspeed to you, St Kilda. Like, you know, there was no, I didn't see much bitterness or accusations of like, I hate that team or whatever. I think that Bulldogs fans having been on that couch five years ago, just want St Kilda to clean up his act. Just fucking get it together once. If it can happen to me, you just need one idea. If it can happen
0: to me, it can happen to you. I think that's what we are like. We're like, fuck mate, we fluked it once. You can fluke it as well. (laughs) (laughs) This might be your year to fluke it. Um, So you watched the whole game? Yeah, I watched the whole game. Um, so I watched uh, almost four games of football on the weekend. So I yeah. dipped in and out of the West Coast Collingwood game because I was still a bit uh, exhausted post the Saints and Bulldogs game.
1: I know it was a great like uh, 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 first week of finals, but the one game that I probably should have watched was the one game's like, ah, Collingwood's got this. And I was so confident that the Pies had it because I, I was at the pub with a couple of friends to watch the Bulldogs game and then... One of them had put like money on West Coast by like 40 points. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is exactly the kind of game they'll win. And so when the pub was going crazy in
0: that finish, I was cool as a cucumber. I just fucking knew. Backs against the wall, never fails. You know what I love though? was the amount of Collingwood players and supporters who were just like, no one said we could do this. There was no one in the AFL media who believed we could win this. And I was just like, uh, mate, we locked it in. We both thought you could fucking win this. We've never been sure anything more in our life than Collingwood were going to win.
1: I mean, that phrase, I I do appreciate all the uh, um, two guys, one cup listeners who have been sending us examples, headlines and sound bites of people using the phrase, backs to the wall. But unlike Richmondy, We have just amplified what was a very common analogy for the Collingwood Football Club, right?
0: Right. I agree with that. Like, we did not invent backs against the wall. We might not have invented Richmondy, but we coined Richmondy. Fuck off. We invented Richmondy. We definitely invented Richmondy. We captured something that was in the zeitgeist with Richmondy. We gave it a name. Backs against the wall. Yeah, we gave it a name. Yeah. Richmondy already exists. (laughs) We just were the ones who were brave enough to name it. And backs against the wall already exists, it had already been named. But we were the ones who rediscovered and polished up backs against the wall, and we've been the truest backs against the wall believers. Yeah, well, it's our
1: default. And every time we have not tipped backs against the wall, the challenge for us, as uh, you know, we'll get to when we give our tips this week, is judging when their backs are from the wall because technically now their backs are always against the wall because they're you know they're coming from a lower place in the eight. So they're coming from eight. So every match they're playing a team that finished higher than So you could argue that their backs are always against the wall. This might be the perfect scenario for Collingwood. It could be,
0: but I feel like that victory alone means their backs aren't against the wall anymore. They they need now this week something else to happen to them to get their back back against the wall
1: eddie Maguire needs to just uh come out and
0: major gaffe he's, gaff, he's the obvious gaff. one isn't he yeah he's the obvious <laughs> this is the this is the week where bucks is in the team meeting and says there's only one important person to our premiership plans this week eddie Maguire. <laughs> eddie say something ridiculous we don't care what it is we trust you just spit more open your mouth and see what comes out but get our backs against the wall all right, well, give me, what are the top three most likely
1: scenarios that would get their backs against the wall? So one, Eddie Maguire, Gaff. Two, Jordan Dugowie, something, uh, not his unsavory thing that's about to happen at the end of the year, but some other incident, maybe drink driving or uh, uh, breaking hub protocols. Jordan Dugowie doing yeah, something a like sep-
0: that. A separate unsavory incident. Yes. Um, Mason Cox. Because Mason Cox is a classic example of somebody whose back, back was against the wall mm. and now his back could not be further away from the wall. Mason Cox took some big steps away from the wall and Coxie needs to go back against the wall.
1: All right. Well, he needs someone... How, how do you get Cox's back against the wall? Like, is, is there, there's no other Americans who play in the league, are there? Is there anyone who's like... Not playing seniors, but is there another
0: American? What if it's a Donald Trump style he he demands all american athletes return to america ah there you go that's like, perfect he does some sort of wall. athlete swap he decides yeah. to expel the patty he decides to expel patty mills from the NBA, yeah. the nba and in return they have to send back mason cox
1: yeah yeah that is definitely backs against the wall uh so do you reckon where do you place them against the cats this weekend like do you feel
0: like they're going to lose because their backs aren't quite... Unless one of those scandals happens. Well, here's my thinking about the Pies. Their backs don't just have to be against their own wall. They Their backs have to be further against the wall than the, the team that they're playing. Because if there is a team in yeah. between them and the wall, that team technically has their backs against the wall. And you would suggest well, the- there's a possibility that Geelong, with their finals record and the, all the talk around whether you know they're a great home and away team but they can't win finals you would suggest Geelong's backs are maybe even against the wall
1: I was going to ask that that's that's the the next question is they seem to have got the worst press out of all the teams that lost like West Coast a little bit but that was more kind of missed opportunity Uh, Bulldogs I think it was just okay there are some apparent deficiencies here with their height and you know whatever but I think Geelong was the one because of the 14 finals appearances, you know, no grand final or whatever it is. And then Chris Scott's kind of... What did you make of that comment where he said it was a lazy question from the journalist
0: when that was brought up, the finals record? I mean, I can understand his frustration because all mm. you can really do as a coach is get them there. And also Geelong, if they kicked straight, would have won that game. It wasn't like Geelong were terrible. They just mm. kicked terribly. Like they didn't take advantage of the opportunities they had but if they'd taken advantage of them they probably would have won but don't you think even though that question
1: has been asked and it's been well publicized that they make finals but they never win the big one that is something to consider because that is the mental aspect of the game in the same way i imagine you know um uh if something had happened directly after the drug saga or something like that you might ask a coach do you think that is weighing heavily on the players like
0: it's a lazy question charlie that is a lazy well, question that you've just asked me. I don't know if it is I don't know if it, I don't know if it is lazy because I mean it is something
1: that we're talking about so surely the players I mean every club says oh we're in a bubble we don't read papers but they do. They all read stuff. I mean the, you only have to watch the way a a a coach will answer a different journalists at a press conference <laughs> to work out
0: you know, where they are in their shit list. Yeah. I did not read any of the articles this week, but in order, this is who I hate the most this week for no <laughs> apparent reason. Yeah.
1: Um, but I was thinking about Chris Scott and the idea of, because he obviously was defensive about that question. And then I started thinking, you mentioned earlier in the year, hey man, like that coaching record is nothing to be sneezed at. But then I was like, what's, a, what's the metaphor or the analogy? And I was like, okay, so Metallica, the biggest band in the world. And Megadeth, you know, are the second biggest metal band in the world. Dave Mustaine used to play in Metallica. And it's not bad being Megadeth. They sell a lot of albums. They sell at stadiums. You know, every heavy metal fan loves Megadeth. But there's always Metallica. And so is it a question if it's okay to be Megadeth
0: or do you have to be Metallica? Well, that example is a really interesting one because I was actually reading an article about him recently and it was yeah and they were talking about how you um it was an excerpt actually from uh what it was one of those um the humble art of not giving a fuck or whatever those books subtle art the subtle yeah the subtle art no the humble art the sequel (laughs) so i don't give a fuck the book so it was yeah an excerpt out of uh that book and it was talking (laughs) literally about how you measure the success of your life. So right. if you were in Megadeth, you would just go, How good's this? I'm in a band that sold 27 million albums and like this is absolutely fantastic. But apparently, Dave never saw themselves as being that successful because he had left Metallica or he'd been kicked out of Metallica and mm. gone to Megadeth. And so he always compared himself to Metallica. Whereas if independently, if you weren't already in Metallica, that's still an excellent record, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, is it okay to be uh, Megadeth?
0: It's pretty. It's better to be Megadeth than it is to be Poison.
1: Yeah, but after a while, if Megadeth just keep playing the same thing, people move on, and they want something different. That's when they want Limp Bizkit, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Bulldogs.
0: Came with a flash, made some money, <laughs> fucked off. No, the Bulldogs are like Alien Ant Farm. You know. (laughs) Daniel Gene Syracuse used to look like the lead singer of Alien Ant Farm with a shaved head.
1: By the way, I saw Gia on the bench um, during the Bulldogs game. Mm. Like, has he been like. Did he go through a terrifying incident lately? He's so right. Like. Was, uh, did, has he been dyeing his hair for a while? I mean, how long has his hair looked like that? I got a real fright when I saw him. I was like, who's the
0: grandpa on that? That's Gia. He's so great. He is. He definitely does have that look of somebody who's seen a ghost and he's just gone <laughs> white overnight. <laughs> I think when it is. He's woken up one night and the ghost of Charlie Sutton is over his (laughs) bed just going, Gia, Gia. And he's just walked out and his hair is just completely gray.
1: He went to the bathroom one night and as he was taking a leak, he looked down and he saw the ghost of Sid the Bulldog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think it's because Gia, when he was a player, and at least when I saw him in the media after he retired, he always had pretty closely cropped hair, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, but he's thrown it out though. But he's, he's been yeah, going out his hair for I mean. a long time. But it just hasn't. I think maybe he was putting a touch of color in it or something oh, like that. You and then, think it's fucking <laughs> grey as the 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 as 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 Zeus's beard? Well, I guess it's is it a it's a lockdown thing? I imagine, right? Oh, it's just he's he been in lockdown. The he's been in the hub, and he hasn't been able to put the just so Trent Cotchin's wife couldn't hook him up with the. Salon, to get his hair done? Well, I mean, he's a good-looking cat. Maybe he's just, like, he's hes not even how oh, old is he. Hey,
1: don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is, like, he's incredibly handsome and, and that haircut just makes him look, like, you know, even more kind of mature and handsome. But it's just a shock from what he used to look like. 38 years old. He's what?
0: Pretty, <laughs> he's younger than me.
1: Can you, all right, can you... Sh- I'm just going to look it up. I got to find a photo, just to okay. a recent photo of him, just to make sure I'm not overreacting here.
0: Oh no, no, no it's is... pretty grey. Like, I mean, it's been grey for a while, but I the other night I did notice that it looked pretty particularly grey. All right, I found his Instagram. Okay.
1: Dga thirteen was that his number? Oh, look, oh, let's guess so. Um, f- I mean, look. Yeah, he, he's so great. <laughs> like, I just didn't realise, it's mainly on the sides, it's the Reed Richards kind of salt and pepper on the sides, but it just, I just got a shock. I think it, it is much longer than he, he ever had it when he was a player though, right? Like he's got that full sweeping kind of movie star bouffant. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, no, he's definitely got much longer hair than when he played. He's football, a no very no. handsome man. I'm just going through his Instagram, and he's in like Italy, I'm assuming, or some part of Europe, mm-hmm. with his wife and his family. And it's like, this is like textbook living. This is—he
0: looks like a Vogue photo shoot. Every single one of them.
1: How did he? How many games
0: did he play? Didn't uh, he get his all, nose broken all right, or something? Here we go. Uh, Daniel Gian Siracusa. This is a follow.
1: Um, this is two weeks in a row.
0: Daniel Cross last
1: <laughs> week. We're doing a little mini
0: dogs players of the <laughs> noughties to the mid teens. Uh, all right, here we go. He was selected in the nineteen ninety nine AFL draft at pick what? what? What pick do you think Daniel G Syracuse went at? Uh, is it top uh, thirty? Not quite. Okay, so uh, thirty five. Uh, pick thirty two. Ooh. Um, let's... Uh, what state? He came from the Western Jets. So that's Victoria, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Victoria, the Western Jets.
1: I am totally stalking Daniel I'm looking at his Instagram and it's just like... It's, it looks so amazing. His wedding photo is gorgeous. It's him and his wife dancing. He's wearing a beautiful grey suit.
0: Looks like a shot out of a movie. He's, he, he's living the perfect life, I'm going to say. Okay, so, um... Uh how many games did Daniel Gian Syracuse play? That is he's the seen, question. He, how many do seen, you reckon it was? He, he seemed durable. Yep.
1: And I think uh he would have probably played 238 games. Uh not too bad.
0: Higher. 257. 265 games.
1: That's for a good Western career the Bulldogs.
0: Uh how many times was he the leading goal kicker at the Western Bulldogs? What? Oh, i had no So hang on, he's a half-forward flanker, right? He was half forward, midfield, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a midfield forward. What was his defining characteristic?
1: Was it his like skills, or his breakaway speed, or what would you say? It uh, was?
0: Yeah, a bit of both. He was. He was a. He had plenty of speed. He had incredible skills. He was a good goal kick. This okay. so it was it was that at I'd least kick. once that he was the leading goal kicker at the Bulldogs. Okay. Um, I, and what year is that? What you're asking? Two thousand and.
1: Well, let's see. You had Barry Hall in the sort of late teens. So I'm going to say 2006. Uh,
0: he, uh, 2012, was leading goal kicker and 2013. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. That's where he really came into his own. Okay. Let's see if I can find any more information about uh, Daniel June, Syracuse. No, not much. Well,
1: there. I uh, have been saving this article for a few okay. weeks now. Um it's time to delve into a, a favourite, a, a player we, we, we think we love, but we don't know too much about him because he got injured very early in the season. I'm talking, of course, of Matt Rowell. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was an article on the AFL website uh, about three weeks ago. The headline is Old school. Old school Gun, Rowell's Scary Promise and Why the Jumper is Tucked In. Matt Rowell and his Devastating Season Injury and, of course, The Jumper Tuck by Riley Beveridge. Okay, so I love it already. They're setting him up just the way you and I have imagined he is. Old school, tucks his jumper in football. I didn't even realise
0: that was a thing. Like, he's known as the tucked-in jumper guy, but I love it. It does not surprise me. Like, even no. if I had never seen Matt Rowe play football, from what I know of Matt Rowe, if you said, does he tuck his jumper in or jumper out, I would know 100% that he tucks his jumper in. And I imagine he also pulls his socks up. I don't know, I was going to but say I reckon that. he yeah, pulls his to. socks up also.
1: I mean, you're not going to do one and not the other. How many coaches... You know, through the years of school footy and representative footy and stuff, do you reckon brought up the thing of you look
0: look like a footy team, play like a footy team. Matt Rao cleans his own boots. says <laughs> says to the boots stutter, "Have a day off, Tiger. I am going to clean my own boots today because I am Matt
1: Rao. He's so old school. I'd like to think that when he does it, he goes and changes into like a nineteen twenties shoeshine boy outfit." <laughs> 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 Like, the rest of the Gold Coast players are just, like, warming down after training. They just see Matt come out in, like, little knickerbockers overalls with a little, like, felt cap, you know, with his shoeshine box. And he sits his shoes up in a little chair and starts... It's like... He starts asking,
0: like, just no-one questions. He's like, Have a good day, mister! And it's like, Who is Matt talking to? That's why he was so what? upset about his shoulder injury. He just really cut down on his shoe shining. All right. Okay. If you like
1: what you saw from Matt Rowell earlier this year, then it's time to get excited for what's still to come. The star Gold Coast youngster believes that a devastating season injury sustained earlier this year has only enabled him to grow bigger and stronger in more areas of his game, following a period spent focusing on how he could turn the setback into a positive. Rowell made a blistering start to his AFL career after he was recruited to the Suns with pick number one in last year's NAB AFL draft, inspiring three consecutive victories with best-on-ground performances against West Coast, Adelaide, and Fremantle. There's a video I wish we could play, but it's called Inside the Mind of Matt Rowell, What Makes the Number One Gun Tick? I'll send you a link so you can watch it, but
0: uh, I'm just... uh, I'm salivating at the thought of knowing what's in the mind of Matt Rowe. I imagine it's just like. You're salivating at the thought of that, like Matt Rowe salivates at a bowl of chorizo pasta. God oh, damn it, you took my fucking punchline. I would have got to it, getting interrupted. I
1: was going to say, I'd like to go into the mind of Matt Rowell and just see him obsessing over a bag of chorizo, bowl of chorizo pasta. <laughs> However, a remarkable maiden campaign in the AFL system was brought to a shuddering halt when he dislocated his shoulder following a heavy heavy tackle from Brandon Parfit against Geelong. He will subsequently miss the remainder of the season following the the first significant injury. He would subsequently miss the remainder of the season following his significant injury of his career. But there's been no wasting the opportunity to grow in more areas since the cruel blow. Raoul has been working as an opposition analyst it's been helping he's 18 right? and it's been helping coach Stuart on game days while sidelined as well as focusing on improving phys- physically while recovering from his shoulder injury.
0: So he's like Doogie Hauser like he's up in the coach's box. he's got the polo on headset. I-, I feel like there's something we've wanted to return to the game for a long time, the player coach. Mm. And I feel that we have in our midst the first potential player coach of the next generation. You know, if clubs, if the salary caps get tighter and, you know, they obviously you have to cut down on the uh, off field, they're, they're doing this a little bit, keeping some older players on the list so they'll do some part-time coaching and they'll play at the same time. But go the whole step, Gold Coast. When Stuart Dew steps aside, Matt Rowe becomes captain and coach, playing captain and coach of the Gold Coast Suns.
1: <laughs> I think it's great. Like if anyone's going to do, he's Captain America. That's what he is. He's a dude who's been trapped in a block of ice for seventy years, and now it's time to let him just go. Everything is old school. Cleans his own boots like a shoe shine. He's a captain, coach.
0: Probably he he'll be pa- playing in a grand final, and the opposition will uh, have a clone <laughs> of yeah. Matt Rowell to play on Matt Rowell because the only person who can beat Matt Rowell is Matt Rowell. I reckon the Gold Coast, his next contract, they should
1: negotiate in like pounds and nickels. That's <laughs> you <know>, just paying <laughs> them, like the old money.
0: What did what did Ted Witten used to get for a game? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Matt Rowell has asked for three sturdy horses in his contract <laughs> negotiation. Uh,
1: this is what this is a quote from Matt. My mindset slipped in how I could make this a positive and how I could get things out of it, Rowell said as part of the NAB pathway series, NAB pathway series. I've done that by getting in the gym, getting stronger in the legs, mindset things. Just things
0: that if I was in season. What we needed from Matt Rowell was for me to be stronger in the legs. (laughs) That was the one thing that I was looking at Matt Rowell and going, he's not quite strong enough in the fucking legs. (laughs) I've been getting stronger in the legs. Just mindset
1: things. Just things that if I was in season, I wouldn't be able to do. Mm. I'm just trying to stay positive and I know I'll be back bigger and stronger. Things can be taken away from you in certain situations, but your attitude can't get taken away from you. That's how I really look at things. I've got a pretty lucky life being an AFL footballer and I've got a great family, so I'm very lucky. Again, he's an 18-year-old I mean, footballer seriously. and he's and he's making
0: me want to cry. He's making me want to call. It's like his, re- it's like his retirement <laughs> yeah. speech. This is normally the speech a 36-year-old player makes after playing 350 games. Like, he's 18. When I was 18... If the paper had called me for a quote, it
1: would have been like, duh, duh, boobs. (laughs) As part of the series, Raoul also shares an insight into his regular game day habit of tucking his jumper in and revealed the origins of why he first started the unique look in his junior career.
0: Is it unique? I thought that was the, the standard for junior players. I think, no, I think these days it's, you know, it's the exception rather than the rule. Real. Oh, really? Standards have slipped at the junior level. I think it's all, it's all socks down and jumpers out with this next it's generation. It's rock stats, all tattoos and neck tats. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told this
1: story on this show before, but when I was, um, I don't know, like under 12s, or under 13s or something, our coach was taking a week off. And so another coach was coming in to take training and, and game day. And I remember, like, at training, I was taking a break, like getting a drink or something, and I saw that our regular coach had left a clipboard with all the players' names, the little, like, one-line description of all the players, so the, 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 temp, the caretaker coach knew what he had to work with. And the description of me was, uh, it was old-fashioned but reliable. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I feel like I had a touch of the mat, right? I was like, and by, I was
0: 13, I was thirteen years old, but old fashioned but reliable. Yeah, but I think Matt Rowe's old fashioned in a that he's that he's got a modern take on traditional values. Whereas you were like an old black and white TV that still works, so they put you in the shed. <laughs> I was the guy playing in like knee length shorts, like you'd see like a
1: footy card of me, and it always looks like i the ball is like five times too big. They're just holding that ball awkwardly in
0: front of my. Old kn- fashioned in that he has a lace up jumper <laughs> and all these kicks are drop kicks. Yeah. He's got a curly-welly moustache and he rides a penny-farthing to training.
1: (laughs) Good day, sir. Is this where we're playing the game of a Victorian rules football. ball? Okay, so Raul says, it's always just tucked in, he laughs. I think it was when I was really little. I started doing it and one of the coaches said, that's a good idea. You won't be able to get tackled as easily now. Mm -hmm. It was a bit of that plus, I just like the look of it. It's just... Old school, get down to business and get going. Oh, I love this kid.
0: I love, <laughs> I love this him. Old, this old man in a child's body, this Benjamin Button the whole fucking footballer. I mean, what's great about it is he is what every
1: Australian man thinks he is. He's what like Sam Worthington pretends to be. Just a salt of the earth, no nonsense, get the job done, get the job done, kind of guy. And looking at the photos of him. It's hard to believe he's 18 years old. Like, I'm just going to take a screenshot of this and send it to you. If you told me this was, this guy
0: was 40, you
1: told me he was a 40-year-old banker, I'd be like, yeah,
0: 100%. What do you reckon of that? Oh, yeah, no, no, that's an old man I'd be respectful to at the pub. <laughs> that's it, yeah, totally. That is your girlfriend's dad saying, bring her home by 10 p.m., no later. Yeah, he looks like no, he he looks kind of like he's in his mid 30s. That's what he looks like. Yeah. He looks like a fully grown man.
1: Do you reckon like he has a conventional just like normal haircut. There's nothing remarkable about it. Is there any chance at some point at Matt, Matt Rao's career he gets like a mohawk
0: or something radical, tattoos, anything like that? No. He goes straight no. from the haircut that he has now and if he loses his hair he just shaves it all off. There'll be one preseason when he shaves it. I imagine that he's going to lose it all because he's got, like, isn't, like, baldness connected to testosterone levels? Like, the more testosterone you have, the more likely you are to go bald. Like, this guy is 95% testosterone. Is that right? That testosterone makes you lose hair? I believe so. Yeah, I think that the more testosterone you have, I think that's right. So, that's why The Rock is like he is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's got, like, a shitload of testosterone. Yes. Um, all right, we should talk about the football mm. a little bit. So let's uh, start with the first game: uh, Port Adelaide, Geelong. Uh, as you said, Geelong just missed shots on goal. It wasn't the like uh, the complete disaster or anything that people have made it out to be. It sort of felt like a good one either way. If Tom Hawkins had actually kicked straight,
0: but having said that, Port looked pretty good. I thought Port were great. They were. Um, they're a super entertaining team. Uh, this is what I will tell you: is that Amy sat down and watched a little bit of this Ah. game with me, which is very unusual. Uh, But she basically, they were doing the national anthem and as the players went down the line, she did something that she'd seen on Gogglebox, which is uh, a couple of the girls on Gogglebox rated all the players of whether you'd do them or you wouldn't do them. So just yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no on who (laughs) you'd do. And it's fair to say that out of the 44 players who took the field that day, there was only one eye. There was only one yes. Which of the players from the Port Adelaide Football Club do you think took the eye of Amy? Oh uh, Charlie Dixon. Charlie Dixon. Well done. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or yeah, if she I kept totally calling him Charlie Dickinson. But either way, <laughs> still Charles Dickinson? No. Charles Dickinson. Um, you know, I can totally see that. Like he's got he
1: looks kind of like a Charlie Hunnam, you know. Uh, in uh, like he could be in Sons of the Anarchy. He looks like a badass. His tattooed, beard, muscular, has a kind of
0: edge to him. It's funny, isn't it though? Because like he and Hawkins in some ways had pretty similar games, except that Dixon's seemed to be productive for his team and Hawkins wasn't. Like neither of them had huge games where they kicked a lot of goals, but just every time Dixon competed or threw his body around, it seemed to pay off. Whereas when Hawkins did, it didn't. Like the the classic moment where you knew Dixon was having a good night was that moment where he went over the fence and was just suddenly sitting in the front row watching the game like it was it was incredible I mean that moment
1: I felt like if you told me that was staged a bit like oh yeah that makes sense because it was such a classic highlights package moment where someone goes over the fence and it's like we haven't seen one of those in a while okay
0: alright I feel like maybe put it like I thought they had it in the bag let's just get something for the highlights package yeah but here's what I would say is you could tell a guy who's what 6 foot 8 or whatever Charlie Dixon is to try and jump over the fence and land in the front row facing the field and get him to do that a hundred times and <laughs> once he would pull it off and be sitting in the front row and 65 times he would break his fucking neck <laughs> It depends on the player, I guess. Like it's the the kind of thing that maybe like Cozzy, like
1: yeah. if, his, if Cozzy had tried it, like he just would have like impaled himself on the fence, smacked his head on the front row and been out yeah, did for you like see two that? years. Did you
0: see that bit of the game where Cosy tried to jump the fence and instead impaled his head on a <laughs> spike out the front, like an episode of Game of Thrones? Made the horror it was number four on the magic moments of the week um
1: i felt like uh seeing port up and about i've never really had much affection for them uh like especially i think when they won that premiership i would i've always found mark williams a bit i like could take him or leave him but this port adelaide i have the same kind of enthusiasm and ha- uh, for them as i've had for like uh, you know west coast when they won their premiership year it's like I like their players, I like the way they play. I like their coach. everything about it seems kind of, yeah, I could I'd be okay if they if they went all the
0: way. It'd be great to have a Brisbane uh, Port Adelaide grand yes. final just for the coaches. Mm. like that that to me, just these two old fellas who seem to love these bunch of kids that they've managed to turn around, I think yep. would be just a really fun grand final that people could get behind. But also, you know Port Adelaide, that next generation of talent is just. So strong and so exciting, and yeah, I, I really like them. I, I, I think they're a cool team to watch. Yeah,
1: it's interesting. They're, they're talking. Um, uh, there was a the real footy did a like an emergency bonus podcast just came out today about like Essendon, about Joe Dunneher nominating to leave Essendon. Mm. And they were talking about how uh, there's a danger that Essendon could become like an exodus club, mm. and they talked about how that happened to to Brisbane in, like, 2013. Like, I didn't realise Elliot Yo played for Brisbane. There's a bunch of players uh, who just, like, bailed in that club, five of them, and then in the, in the last seven years, they've managed to kind of turn that around. And it's like, that's exciting. Like, isn't that great to see a club was just... Because you sort of forget when a team gets good. You sort of go, oh, yeah, they've been good for a while. But no, that's right, man. They were in the wilderness for a really long time. And I remember when they... They got Chris Fagan. You and I, like Chris Fagan, Dennis Pagan, that was our like running joke. We're so convinced he was a caretaker coach. We're so convinced that oh, they're going to bring him in as a, just like a player manager and you know, just sort of straighten him up, but then they'll get like a real coach. But then to see what he's done, and you're right, I haven't really thought about it like that, but Ken Hinckley and Chris Fagan are like the dads. And Brett Ratton to an extent as well. Like You, you get a sense with those three coaches that there is a kind of fatherly relationship. Like they, the guy, they're the kind of male role models that you can have a joke with, but you know, when they crack the whip, you get going and all that kind of stuff. Like it seems to be the ideal father son
0: relationship. <laughs> Are we doing too much of a deep psycho- psychoanalysis of professional football? Well, if you were going to pick the premiership on who, which of the coaches you'd most like to be your dad, who would you like? to win the premiership just based on that? Uh, of the remaining finalists, I, you've got to most... pick them purely on which one you you want to be your stepdad. Your mum's decided to get remarried and she's going to yeah. marry an AFL coach. Which of them do you want to be your stepdad?
1: Uh, I think Brett Ratton. I mean, it I would be between Brett Ratton and Chris Fagan, but I think Chris Fagan... My my affection for him is more like, look at him, that bumbling idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at him. You know, his pants are always falling down and, you know, like he gets his tie caught in the toaster and all that kind of stuff. But I have watched a lot more of Brett Ratton's kind of like, you know, on the Saints website, they'll just put up videos of stuff he talks about in training. And um, they've even brought him in conversations with Gemma. It's like, you know, Brett Ratton said this thing like, before the gws game when you know we still had one win to get to the finals and we'd been um up against west coast with 10 minutes to go and then we'd squandered it and so there was they released a video from what he's told the players after the game and he was saying look you know that's that event is done it's in the past you can't change that and so we've got pressure on us which is you know which is like that's uncomfortable but you know what this is an opportunity you know, when you're put under pressure, when you're up against it, it's a real chance to sort of prove who you are. And so you, it's this like really simple message. But I've gone home and I've gone to gym. You know what Brett Ratton said about like adversity? is like it's it brings about great opportunity. Great opportunity, to you know, to take the next step and you can't change
0: the past. <laughs> so it's like, Brett Ratton is my dad. Uh, I would be happy with Ken Hinckley or Chris Fagan as my dad, I think. They would both be the sort of stern uh, but comforting role models that I needed in my life. So what did you think of the Richmond-Brisbane uh, game? Uh, so, well, I I loved it because I thought... Yeah, that, me too. I thought that Richmond... That first quarter, yeah. I was like, Dusty's going to get 40 touches tonight. Well, that's what it felt like. It felt like Brisbane were giving it a decent crack, but the truth <laughs> is that, um, uh, you know, it felt like that Richmond just were going to be too good. And then Brisbane just managed to hold on enough in that quarter. And then you're suddenly like, hang on, have they Yeah, have they turned this around? Are they going to be able to seize this game? And then just in that moment, they did it. I mean, I think the thing that was most pleasing for them was yeah, the fact that Lockie Neal hadn't had a touch in that first quarter and they were still in it. There was just a part of you that went, Lockie Neal's not going to go the entire game without getting a touch. So you've still got this guy who's going to start getting the ball a lot more as it goes on. And that's what happened. They just started to warm up into it. And they just, yeah. they overwhelmed Richmond. Yeah, you know what it was, was
1: that classic thing of Richmond were getting really physical, but the lines didn't seem intimidated. Like, you know, Richmond gave away those 50-meter penalties and there was like a whole bunch of kind of moments where you're like, oh, Maybe last year the Lions would have capitulated at that point. Like, maybe that would have been, you know, the bit that kind of broke them. But they were hungry for the contact. They were hungry to go. Like, Lucky Neal didn't even touch the ball in the first quarter. And then that second quarter, he has like nine touches and kicks a goal, like, kicks the goal to end the quarter. And it's just like, oh, I feel like I'm watching like a, a championship team like come together now. Like, I could easily, Port Adelaide and Brisbane, I think. Those are the two victories. Like the Collingwood one was kind of inspiring and stuff and the St Kilda one,
0: you know, was more of a kind of relief. But those are the two statement kind of victories you felt like. Well, the thing that I loved about Brisbane's win was that they didn't win it on the back of a standout performance by a player. It wasn't like Hitwood came out and suddenly kicked six goals. They just won it because across... I mean, the one person who really stands out to me... Is Harris Andrews? We were talking last week about whether you bring Harris Andrews back in. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking oh about that. My God, like he—he he, there is there a more calm and composed AFL footballer than Harris Andrews? The whole time he just looks like he looks so casual. I've never seen anybody look so casual and play the game of AFL. He's got the
1: um, go-go gadget arms of oh. Dustin Fletcher. Like he's just the way he can intercept. But I also love the way he's got like that Jerryman McGovern freedom to just just go where you want. Like he doesn't ever really seem to have an opponent because you sort of trust that he can get to the right position. He seems to know where the ball's gonna be.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean he's a he's a superstar. Like but they are filled with superstars. Like, you know, I yeah. mean Cameron, I mean, Rainer
1: hasn't even, like, become what Rayner's going to become yet. Like, he's still a, he's like a, a bit player, but you
0: just get, just, you know, one or two touches here and there. You're like, fuck, man, this dude's going to explode one day. Yeah, and Charlie Cameron's a genuine gun. He is an all-star. He is just like an absolute superstar. So, I, I
1: forget, did Charlie Cameron leave Adelaide after leading teams? Was he the first one out, or did he leave before that? <sighs>
0: That's an interesting question. Not letting
1: tame, sorry. What's it called?
0: Uh, um yes, collective minds. Collective minds? Because you wonder how he they let him go. Well, he want I mean he left, didn't he? He he wanted to go to Brisbane. So I don't know if they let him go. I think they would have liked to keep him, but uh hang on, Charlie Cameron, I'm going to find out uh some Charlie Cameron information here. Um so Charlie Cameron uh uh drafted in 2014 returned to his home state so he's from queensland so he wanted to go back to queensland after four seasons at adelaide okay. so he came back in 2017 which would be that was the year they so it was before leading mm-hmm. team uh, yeah. collective minds yeah
1: well fucking everything's coming up charlie <laughs> he got back to brisbane It's gonna play in a grand final and uh
0: didn't have to go through that camp Well, I mean, it's a very different story, isn't it? Between like, you know, back in the old days when at the Gold Coast, they said we're going to get some Charlie into the club (laughs) in Brisbane. Um, Okay, so we'll leave the Saints Bulldogs to last. So
1: we sort of touched on Collingwood West Coast. I feel a bit bummed out. Look, great victory, really happy for all those Collingwood supporters and stuff. And who knows what they'll do this week against the Cats. But part of me is bummed out that Nick Natnui may not get to play in a grand final. I just reckon if there was any player built to be on a grand final
0: stage, it's Nick Natanui. Yeah, I agree with that. Like you, you feel bad for Nick Nat. but that's Nick Nat's got, still got some years left in him, and West Coast can. West Coast are one of those teams, aren't they? They're not going to be out of the finals and the top part of the finals for long. You wouldn't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you believe the media, the reason they didn't play, you know, finish top four is because. They were whinges. (laughs) They complained a lot. (laughs) They complained about having to stay in Queensland. I don't know how much I read
0: into that, but that's definitely the narrative. I mean, the narrative of this season is how much they hated Queensland. I really do think that. (laughs) Like, they hated Queensland so much they were willing to lose to Collingwood in Western Australia just so they didn't have to go to Queensland again. (laughs) Um, What about the pies? Do you think that, is this like a false dawn?
1: Is that that classic thing we fall for every year, where the team that wins the uh, elimination
0: final, you get excited about them, but then they're going to come up against a pretty hardened and professional Geelong? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think Geelong. I think Geelong and Richmond win. I think that's. I think the top four teams. I, I hope that there's going to be a surprise, and I hope that the surprise is St Kilda, but. I think it is one of those weekends where the good money's got to be on the the two other teams that finish in the top four. Well, speaking of the
1: Saints, uh, when I was walking up to the pub to watch that game, uh, I texted you just to say, you know, good luck or whatever. And you, the the words you use were like, I hope it's a good game and no one gets injured. (laughs) And I got one of my two wishes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I mean, it's, It's a bummer. It's a bummer. But at the same time, what I like what it's done is it's made me think, well, who gives a shit? Nothing to lose now. Like no one expects us to win. Like when when Ryder's Hamstring and, you know, Long probably will uh, stay suspended. We'll find out later tonight. I'm like, well, that's great. Just bring in whoever else on the sidelines and let's just fucking go for it because what have we got to lose? And here's what I'll say, Will. If we beat them, we play Port Adelaide. Two teams we beat in the top eight this year were Richmond and Port Adelaide. And Paddy Ryder didn't play against Richmond early this year. So we're a chance. Well, I'm not saying, you know, we're going to win, but we're not. It's, I would be surprised if it's a complete fucking drubbing.
0: What you hope is, because yes, I, absolutely. Ryder feels like a big loss because to me, Ryder was the difference between the Bulldogs and the Saints. Like you know, yeah. if Ryder hadn't played for the Saints this week, what a game. I reckon The Bulldogs would have won. I thought he was just incredible. His performance, and when it kind he of made him. Acro- well, it made me feel a little this- bit like we need a rider. That's what the yeah. Bulldogs actually need. We need a guy like Paddy Ryder that we yeah. can have for a few years while English is getting good, and you know can kind of be that big body in the middle. It's exactly what we're missing as a team. Well, that's what happened last year with a trade period is that the Bulldogs recruitment staff said we
1: need a rider and Bevo said don't worry fellas I am one I'm a skateboard rider
0: <laughs> A rider and or did I. like
1: a he right. did a Rocky and a fakie <laughs> <laughs> and then skated out of the room they're like we don't reckon Bevo quite understands
0: what the trade period is Bevo period back on the bongs he's down at the skate park yeah. he's working on a new kick fi- he's not working on his kicking he's working on his kick flip ollies Now, but when Ryder came to us,
1: I was like, oh, well, he's the steak knives. We've got Dougal Howard. Ryder's coming across as the steak knives. And I was... Because Ron Marshall had had a a really good year last year, finished like top three in the Best and fairest. So I thought, well, that's who's going to be our number one ruckman." But he's been so good. And he looks... Like, I had just maybe not watched much Paddy Ryder when he was at Port or Essendon. But he's an amazing player. (laughs) Like, a dude of that size. He's still got his leap. He's got that massive frame. He's a really skillful player, like kicked two goals in a game. It's a it's a huge it's a huge loss. It's so disappointing. In the last thirty seconds, man, and he's never played in a winning final. Well, he played in a winning final last week, but he's never, you know, been able to advance forward in a winning final.
0: I know. Four finals in his entire career, never played in a winning final. He won it for them. And then for that to happen to him, it was just It was absolutely heartbreaking. I I felt terrible for him, which again shows me that I'm healed since 2016 because in the past I would have felt resentful. I would have been like, why couldn't you have pinged your fucking hammy in the first (laughs) quarter, you big fucking lump, and we would have won this game. There's a couple of... uh, Look, to be honest, watching the
1: game in the second and third... Well, especially in the third quarter, I was like, okay, well, we've put this one to sleep, you know? And then when Geary kicked that goal to put us 22 points up with eight minutes to go, I was felt quite comfortable... But then the next eight minutes was so – it was so, like, upsetting. <laughs> like, to see that we had had all the play and then just stopped running. But I'm so glad that Lockie Hunter missed that fucking absolute oh. gimme from – because that would have changed everything. Like, there was, I know there's a few shots that were missed, but that one – was when you had all the momentum. We were being undisciplined, you know. Long's given away a fifty, and I was like, "Well, here's the bit where all the, the wheels completely come off." God damn it, God! Yeah, fucking and unfortunately, damn
0: it. the wheels came off. Fucking Lockie Hunter, like the wheels came <laughs> off his car when he bashed it into that other car and then drove away drunk early in the season. Are some of the things I shouted at the television? <laughs> what was your experience
1: of that last eight minutes? Mine was like sheer dread. And kind of a bit of fatalism. I was
0: burying my face into the cushion because like, we're going to fucking lose this, aren't we? Well, I felt like it, when so when Hunter missed that kick, because I, I was there, I was like, if we if he can kick this, we're still in it. Yeah. And I feel like we're close enough that we're still in it if he kicks this. And when he didn't kick that, I was just like, I feel like we're just that little bit too far away. And then we almost fucking got there. Like a couple more minutes and you really felt like, like Norton started to clunk some big marks and it hey, just Daniel. all started to... The, and that just the Bulldogs started to run. You know, it, they, it run in a way that they hadn't run for the rest of the game. And maybe just because the Saints were a bit tired and they yeah. tried to shut it down and they gave the Bulldogs the opportunity to do it. But it felt like the Bulldogs hadn't really played that Bulldogs brand of game or game. And then because they had nothing to lose, they started to play it. And they were almost like unstoppable as soon as they started playing like that.
1: Yeah, I think you said to me in the text message after the game that you need You're too small. You need to get more height. And that, watching the replay, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what happened is there were so many intercept marks. And, like, you have Norton, maybe he was underdone, and uh, Josh Bruce, who tries, but he just doesn't take enough grabs. It's like, well, maybe you should be going for, like, a Ben Brown or or, or something like that. Just someone that you can kick along to because you don't have any trouble getting the ball. You don't have enough trouble having inside 50s. It's just what happens when it gets in there.
0: I don't feel like that's what we need, though. I honestly feel like what we need is a big old-fashioned ruckman. I I, I'm, I don't want to, like, you know, give the Bulldogs any recruiting advice, but there is a bit of a jokester lurking down at the Melbourne Football Club by the name of Raiden Proust. Has a role model by the name of Johnny Sins, who's a prominent porn star we've found out. <laughs> and I feel like he's exactly what the Bulldogs need because he's a dude who's sitting behind Max Gorn. Like, Gorn's not going to move aside for Proust to play more AFL, but Bruce feels like exactly what the Bulldogs need. I reckon what we need is one of those guys who can take the majority of the centre bounces, like throw his body in, and then just go back and fill that hole, like get in the way of your kings and those sort of people so that they don't just get those uncontested marks in the background. And then I think you play English as your sort of extra sentiment. So you literally just do that thing of, he takes all the big ruck contests, he falls back in the hole and then like yeah and then English plays sort of the, the release yeah the high half forwards midfielder
1: yeah. so why would you go for brilliant wouldn't aren't there better Ruckman you could be going for like what about like a Todd, Todd Goldstein I mean fucking but
0: Goldstein's at like you know he's locked in at North Melbourne for is like he? you know another three uh, years North Melbourne having
1: like a fight I don't know if you've been paying attention but North Melbourne are they're, they're in a garage sale so. you walk past Arden Street and there's a
0: bunch of players just in a box in the street saying free to a good home well, yes, but he's the one that they've kept inside the house on Hard Rubbish. You know? Like, just because they've left the curtains open and we can peer through the curtains. You know, we've gone through all the shit on your lawn. That's all gone, mate. You got anything good left in the living room? What about that Goldstein over there? Can we have a look at that? I just reckon that
1: Braden Proust is not, or Prius or whatever his name is. What's his name, Braden Proust? Proust. Proust. He's not, he's not, I understand what you want. You want a Patty Ryder. I don't think he's going to give you enough value around the
0: ground. I don't think that we need value around the ground. Tim English, you don't want to take Tim English out of that value around the g- ground. I think you just need a big, old-fashioned lump of a ruckman. Because we've got right. incredible small players. But if we're not getting first use of the ball, I reckon Proust could get his first use of the ball. And we could afford him, and he's gettable, I think. Yeah, plus... plus he's a the, jokester. Yeah, think of the gas. Everybody loves a jokester. <laughs>
1: Um, great game uh, from Patty Ryder. Also great game from Dan Hannerbury, which is mm. like Hallelujah. <laughs> like, thank God. Mm. When you think about the money that he's on and the shit he's gone through to get there, it's like, oh, thank God. Like it, that was his tomboyd moment. <laughs> it's like, well, we paid a lot to get this guy. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I thought he I thought he was really good on the weekend. And Max King. How
0: exciting is Max King? I mean, just the potential for your future based on how good he is already. That was the thing that we couldn't get him. Yeah.
1: Well, he's fucking like, he's 200 metres plus. He's so fucking tall. The day after he and Ben King were drafted, I just happened to be in Melbourne and I was going into a cafe and they were walking out and it was like, you know that scene in The Empire Strikes Back when those snow walkers are going across the field and like the little jets are flying underneath their legs? Like they're huge, they're enormous, and to be that big, but what amazes me is he's so skillful. Like he has like second efforts. He collects the ball. He almost kicked like the best goal of his 17 game career when uh, in the Ford pocket, like where he dropped a mark, but then he picked up, chased, chased down his own crumb, spun out of traffic, and then like snapped it over his left shoulder, and it was like, oh my. God. God, you are so exciting.
0: Yeah, I think the only way we could have stopped him is Star Wars style. We should have got Caleb Daniel to go out with a bit of rope, wrapped it around his <laughs> legs. Like a nat nat. He just falls in the goal square. Um,
1: all right. Okay. Um uh, let's give our tips uh for for this week. Uh, I mean I already kind of know yours. Um I feel like I feel like the Tigers should win, but but don't be surprised if the Saints uh with their backs against the wall, shall we say. I just think it might be a close game. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, I don't know who we're going to bring in, uh, but Tom Lynch back will be a handful, especially when you lose Jake Carlisle, who made the right decision by going
0: back for the birth of his third child. Not his first, his third. Hang on. So Jake Carlisle's got three kids. Is that all in between Snapchat, like, incident? All those three kids must be post that, right? He didn't have any of those kids before he was on Snapchat. I have no idea. Okay. He's really settled down and become a family man, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's making good decisions now. I mean, I think that this is probably he's still making up for some past sits. Like, you, that's the thing. You've got it. like, for a normal guy by the third you might go, you know what, I'm going to play in this final. But if you've got a previous, you're still making up for some bad form, you're like, okay, I'm coming back for the third kid. But then <laughs> you can't bring up Vegas anymore. That's the fucking rule. Uh, so he's out. So it's a question of how we match up. They're going to be, ironically,
1: we were too tall for you last week, but I reckon the Tigers might be too tall for us. Um, all right, I'm going to tip Saints. And then, of course, pie taking on the Cats I just think that the pies, their backs aren't against the wall anymore. All they've got is love this week. Every bit of footy media I've consumed has been a lot of talk about what a great win. That was their grand final, blah, blah, blah. So I think by that logic, going to tip the Cats.
0: Yeah, I agree. So Cats, but uh, Richmond for me. Uh, I hope the Saints win, but I think Richmond will. Um, Let's get to our ongoing saga of CUNF
1: origins. Um, As you recall, Will, uh, uh, Ben Cunnington and, and... Nat Fife have been put together by the AFL Power Board to chase down the, the, the thief of, of Shinbonus Spirit. When we last left our heroes, uh, Nat Fife had arrived at Ben Cunnington's secret fishing spot, told him what they were going to do and then as Ben is taking him into the basement flipped on a light where he reveals dozens of shelves and drawers containing various files <clears throat> I've got to remember the voices <laughs> These are my files said Ben I've been forming this collection over many years, documenting all aspects of the AFL, its fans and its players. There's even a section on you. Nat Fife says, No way, man. Let's get to it. Not now, Nat. We don't have time. I need to show you something that relates to the robbery. Ben began striding down the aisles. Pfeiffer and Brayshaw falling behind while also taking note of each section as they passed. There were ones for times fans have booed unnecessarily, Sydney players no one knows, Eddie Maguire's worst quotes, reasons people hate Collingwood fans, and a rather large section simply titled... St Kilda's woes. They came to a stop at the front of the Shinbonus spirit section where Ben pointed to one of the shelves inside, the only one which was empty. Three nights ago, someone broke in here and stole the files detailing the location of Shinbonus spirit and the guard rotation. It's highly likely that whoever stole those files is the one who ordered Tex Walker to steal the spirit, said Ben, and I think I know who it is. Oh, man, perfect. Let's get to the chopper. You can tell me where Tex is headed, then I'll fly us in. We'll cut him off before he reaches your file thief. Fife went to leave, but Ben grabbed him by his arm. No, said Ben. We take the boat. Your helicopter is too obvious. But your little rowboat will be too slow to stop text. Plus, there won't be enough room for Arthur. <coughs> Andrew can stay in the helicopter and you can call him if we need him, says Ben. Besides, I don't trust the power board. It seems odd for them to even be involved in all of this. If I'm right about who it is that stole the files, then we need to go straight to them, not to, inter- to not intercept texts. They might be able to explain this whole mess. Uh, Gee, I don't know, Benny, shrugged Fife. The board have always been good to me. Ben drew a gentle hand on Nat's chin, raising it so their eyes met. <laughs> the board isn't here, Nat, but I am. We're draft brothers, Remember? slowly the doubt faded from five's face his familiar confidence once again shining bright yeah man okay benny we'll do it your way i'll just grab my brown nose out of my chopper then we'll row 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 your boat straight to the spirit (laughs) (laughs) tv continue (laughs) i love the idea that they're draft brothers (laughs) it's like a secret handshake well, we've got some mail here from uh, some other listeners. Great. If you want to send us a mail, you go to Tofop.com. What's Tofop, you ask? Well, it's a podcast network. We do a show like this one with a slightly less football chat. Um, uh, there's uh, Willosophy, which is Will's smart interview show. Who, who's on this week, Will?
0: Uh, Todd Sampson. Todd Sampson is my guest this week, and it is an excellent episode of philosophy. Very revealing Uh, He was my first ever guest on the show seven years ago and he is back for a repeat appearance and it is as excellent as the first one. Uh, If you want to go to our website, you can send us a message by scrolling down the bottom of the page, dragging
1: down Two Guys, One Cup and writing a message in the message window. It's as simple as that. And you can be like Mike, who says, Charlie Voice. Hi, Charlie. Are you and Lockie Bachelor Voice Brothers? I saw a TV ad for The Iconic and recognized your voice straight away. But then I shared a couch with a bachelor watching woman and heard Lockie talk. You sound the same. Don't tell Gemma about your moonlighting. Always love two guys, one cup. Keep it up. Even if neither the saints nor the dogs go deep. Mike. Um, No, I'm not Lockie from The Bachelor. I'm not sure that I need to clarify that, but I'm not. This is from Lisa. Now, I know we're only doing one confiction a week, but this is short, so I thought I could include it. Ben grasped his hands on the people either side of him as they finished reciting the opening statement of the meeting. And the wisdom to know the difference. He sat down on his chair and impatiently waited impatiently for the inf- facilitator to speak. Would anyone like to share today? he asked, making pleading eye contact with everyone in the group except Ben. Ben raised his hand and began to speak. The other members of the group looked at each other desperately that they all knew better than to interrupt unless they wanted a punch in the guts. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ben. I'm an AFL footballer. It's been three weeks since my last game. The rest of the group groaned inwardly as they settled in for what they knew to be an exceptionally long and very boring talk about the country, fishing and advanced hair. Just then, a strange man wearing only track pants and a beanie burst through the door. "Uh, Hey everyone, I'm Nat Fife, and as I'm sure you know, I'm here to rescue my buddy Ben who seems to have gotten a little confused about what the doctors meant by rehab for his back injury. (laughs) Ben looked at Nat with surprise, thinking that probably explained a lot about why no one else wanted to run marking drills on the front lawn with him at (laughs) 5am. Come on, Cano, says Nat as he put his arm around his shoulder. Let's get you back to the rehab facility down the road, where you're supposed to be. That evening, the members of Ben's sharing circle held a party to celebrate his departure. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to share that one. Uh, okay, this is from... Oh, shit, sorry. The computer's frozen. Okay. Hey, guys. Uh, this is from Nicholas. Hey, guys. Thanks for the AFL adjacent pod currently into all the escapism i can get i've noticed in the past couple of weeks that you have a lot of listeners called nick and some of those nicks are living in the u.s not wanting to narrow your audience but could you start marking your podcast as the number one afl podcast for nicks in the u.s
0: Mm. i mean sure (laughs) like we need some kind of discerning feature on this show number one afl podcast for nicks in the u.s (laughs)
1: Also, I'm terribly confused by your Lock of the Week picks. You always seem to pick upsets as your Locks of the Week. Is this against the spirit of the term Lock? Just another Nick in the US. Um, I don't know if I deliberately pick locks. I just I try and pick the most interesting
0: narrative with my lock. Yeah, part of the lock is actually to lock in something that is... I mean, last week, I think backs against the wall was technically our lock of the week. But it's got to be a slightly unlikely scenario to qualify as the two guys, one cup lock of the week, I think. Uh you ready for a pocket profile pocket, Will? Yes, please. This is from Jason. Uh, he sent it
1: via Twitter, which is an interesting way to get in touch with this. But you can also get... In touch with us via Twitter. We're two guys, one cup AFL, at two guys one cup AFL on Twitter. Um, Kane Turner of the North Melbourne Kangaroos. What do you know about Kane? Nothing. Never heard of him before
0: this moment. (laughs) All right. What's his nickname? Uh, Okay, Kane Sugar, Sugar Kane. Yes. um, No. Just stop. The first two things you said, Kane, comma Sugar.
1: But get this, get this. His nickname is Kane, comma Sugar. Kane is spelled K-A-N-Y-E, like his name Kane, not K-I-K-A-N-E. And Sugar is spelled S-H-O-O-G-A, not S-U-G-A-R. So the thing that should be spelled Kane is spelled with his name, and then the thing that should be spelled normally,
0: Sugar, is spelled Sugar. S H O O G A, Cane Sugar. You know what I like about that is it, it, that's actually a bit of fun to me. Like, I, I like the idea that they've gone, well, he, he spells Cane incorrectly, so we're also going to spell Sugar incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay, who? what AFL team did he support as a kid? Uh, is he from Victoria? Um, uh, yeah, it's I'm, a Victorian I'm team. I say. It's a,
1: it's a big team. Hawthorne. Richmond. Hmm. Best moment in junior footy? Um, winning a grand final. Winning a flag. All right. you've locked into Kane pretty early. You liked his nickname gag and you picked what his greatest moment was. As a footballer, how would you like to be remembered? Mm. Uh, okay. Well, Th- to actually be
0: remembered, just to, to be known that I played football. <laughs> well, <clears throat> let's just say he's got
1: his wish. Um, his specific terminology is also the name of a very popular app, a dating app. Well, a, um, yeah, a kind of
0: it, dating app. Okay, it's to, gr- uh, to be a real grinder? <laughs> be to be a gr- grinder. <laughs> to, to be a real grinder in the back, in the background?
1: Maybe he misunderstood the question. Maybe he's like, as a footballer, how would you like to be remembered? Is like, as a footballer, how do you spend your spare time on grinder? <laughs> uh, the player you would watch from another club. And this is clearly a joke answer. Oh, okay. Um, a, a famous whipping boy who played for three clubs. Two of those clubs coached by the same coach.
0: That's oh, a good. That's a good riddle. So Ross Lyon did Ross. Yeah. Lyon was Ross Lyon was the coach, and it famous was famous whipping boy. Oh, I I can't even. Remember. I know exactly the player that I'm thinking of, and I can't remember what his name is. Um, he, his name was, nah, can't remember. He, uh, what? W- what's his name?
1: Uh, last letter
0: of the alphabet. Uh, he, uh no, 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 Zach Dawson. Uh, oh, Zach, uh, Zach someone, Zach Dawson. Dawson, Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> who's his all time favorite player? Uh,
1: Zach Dawson, <laughs> <laughs> Relton Roberts. Do you know who that is? I'm just oh, googling no. it. Uh, He's a a player who played for Richmond. Still plays for Richmond? I've never heard of him. Yeah, he's got some good highlights. So in 2010, he played for Richmond. When did Kane Turner play for Hawthorne? I think I've got to look that up. Kane... Hang on, North Melbourne, I meant Kane. Because I'm thinking maybe this is an old pocket profile. Kane Turner. Uh, Yeah, he started his career in 2014. So I assume he's still playing. Number 28. He's 24 years old. Kane Turner. He could play for the Swans for all I know. Okay. Um,
0: How do you amuse yourself on a plane flight during footy season? Mm. Um, uh, Some sort of video game. Is he a video game guy? Nope. Um, Sleep. Watch movies. Okay.
1: What singer band would you like to see perform at the AFL Grand Final? Oh, okay. uh, Good. This is someone. Oh, I don't. That's too much of a clue. Someone who has been in your orbit, and I would also say there is a particular anecdote <laughs> that I was there for involving this person.
0: Oh, that um, you were there for, yeah, in- involving this person, and there are.
1: I think. At, I actually think at a pre, at another grand final. Actually, we were at a grand final.
0: We were at a grand final, and this person was at the grand final. Well, think a...
1: about what they do. Singer, band, would you like to see perform at the end grand final? So it's someone who's a musician.
0: Uh, Mark
1: a... Seymour, Hunters and Collectors. Oh, no, it's Shannon Null. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that time? We were at 2005 grand final, and he came up and put you in a headlock and sang a song at you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> Who is the king of selfies at the club? Um, uh, and it's
0: not who you. It's the last person you'd think. Oh, it's the last person you'd think. Ben Cunnington. Ben Cunnington. I <laughs> mean, this—that's got to be a joke, though, right? Got to be a joke, right? Because I imagine that, that Ben Cunnington's phone isn't capable of taking a selfie. Well, his favorite player of all time was Zach Dawson.
1: I think he's also. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a Braden Proust. A Braden I'd Proust say, oh, style jokester. That's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> if you could swap jobs with someone, who would it be? Johnny um, fix-
0: Sins, the porn star.
1: <laughs> a fictional Australian movie character. Kenny. From yes.
0: The- oh really? <laughs> yes. You know Kane Turner so
1: well. Him and Irving Mosquito. Are your two best friends? <laughs> Clearly, you should be doing a podcast with them. I'm getting jealous. You know him so well. If you won the lottery, what was the? What would you buy first? Um, and it's really. I don't think this is a particularly expensive purchase. It's a. I think he's a.
0: It's a type of car, and you'll never get it. Uh, I. Um, oh, so it's not that expensive. It's a ute. But it's, it's a like a, a Holden, uh, not Ford.
1: U. No, a Ford Raptor, okay. which is like a you know what do I call it? Like an RV type U mm-hmm. thing. Um, what is next on your travel bucket list? And again, this could be a joke. <laughs> nice, nice town in Tasmania. Uh Burnie, Devonport. Mm. That's in Tasmania, right? Yep. Childhood hero, I gotta giggle who that is. Mm. <laughs> okay,
0: I, I think he was a footballer. Um, well, it's gonna be hard for me to guess if you just think he was a footballer. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. No, he he, he is.
1: But hang uh, on, what, who uh, did he play this for? Is no, It's another joke answer because this guy plays for North Melbourne <laughs> and is the same age. That's <laughs> another joke answer. Okay, his childhood hero. Um. Uh, no,
0: I don't know. I, I, Paula, I don't know. Another, another play.
1: player we've never heard of, Paul Ahern. Yeah, sure. Your wife, partner, or best friend would describe you as I mean, this could be like a golfing term um, a goose, subpar, a birdie, <laughs> a hole in one. <laughs> Least preferred household chore. And just, uh, stop cracking gags, is what I'll say to Kane Turner. Stop mucking around. It's wearing thin. Okay, so this is a joke answer as well. Yeah, least preferred household chore. Um, uh, it's just oh. dumb. You're never going to get it. There's no wit okay. to it, there's nothing, there's no subversion. It's just turning off a light. Oh, okay, exactly. Stop it, Kane. Stop mucking around. Take a leave out of Ben Cunnington's book, just bloody... No, Matt Rowe's book. Matt Rowe would not be making gags like this, Will. Matt Rowe would be giving us good, serious, thoughtful answers.
0: Yeah, Matt Rowe would be like, you know what my favourite household chore is? All of them. I enjoy doing all <laughs> it makes of me them. me humble. 50% of the all th- the housework. That's what I do because I'm both an old-fashioned and a modern oh, man. You know what? The more I'm reading this, the more I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting annoyed <laughs> that he
1: won't take it seriously, Will. It's a pocket profile. You don't want to answer it, like,
0: sincerely. You don't answer it at all. You're wasting everyone's time. It. <laughs> Mate, it's against the shinbone bonus spirit to answer a pocket profile just with joke answers. Three most admired people you'd like to meet. I'm okay, so these angry. are all joke answers? <laughs> yes. Okay. All joke answers. So he names three people from the same group, and it's a children's uh, group. Uh, so, okay. So Jeff, Jeff from the Wiggles? No. Um, po La La and Tinky Winky, the Teletubbies.
1: <laughs> Stop it, Kane. You're not funny. It's just immature. <laughs> All right, knock it off. <laughs> you're gonna run laps. i Not not impressed, mate. No one thinks you're funny. No one thinks you're funny. You're just wasting everyone's time.
0: I mean, I've what's your most treasured of, possession? I've never heard of Kane Turner. I'm gonna. See if I can find it. What else can I find out about Kane Turner? Here we go. Oh, here we are. Beautiful. This is great. Just This might put in context uh, oh, what yeah. we've just been reading. This is by Jay Clark, a little Jay-Z in the Herald Sun in uh, 2016. North Melbourne forward Kane Turner will have to win back his teammates' respect in the wake of his drink driving charge. <laughs> <laughs> no, the 20-year-old old has been suspended for four weeks by the club. Uh, he blew point one three three while driving home on Sunday morning. There you go. So, so he's a uh, jokester, bit of a bloody well, jokester.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, mate. Less time with a la more time bloody straighten your room. Get Jordan Peterson's book. Straighten your bloody, make your bed. Stand up straight. Put your shoulders back. Hang out with Matt Rowe for a bit. And boy, you could set a watch to his haircut. What's his most treasured possession? Oh, yeah, this will get you nowhere, Kane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sick of this. If Sick I'm of so, this. I've never heard you so angry at a pocket profile. Like, don't get me wrong. It's against the spirit of the game that we play because if if they're all joke answers, then I can't get a beat on you to sort of work out where you're going to go because if it's well, just like random word association, then yeah. give me a clue. I mean, it... <sighs> It's a trophy playing a sport that could be considered
1: uh, like silly or absurd. Oh, no, I don't know. And I don't Under 15, second runner up, badminton trophy. Oh, shut up, Kane Turner. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> it's not up. funny.
0: Fucking sugar. <laughs> I mean, Favorite. Too much sugar. Oh, another joke. This is, this oh. is exhausting. <laughs> I'm really sorry.
1: I, want to, I just want to apologize on behalf of Will and I. To the whole Two Guys, One Cup audience. Normally the pocket profiles are great fun, but Kane's ruined it for everyone. And because he has, you're all staying back after the pod. <laughs> for one hour. If Think Kane's about not going to take
0: done. it seriously, then you're all staying back.
1: His favourite sporting hero. Oh, I mean, oh. it's no point in letting you guess because it's another Bradbury. It.
0: Broomstone's Curling Club. Oh, <laughs> <shut> <laughs> He's up. such a Bart Simpson. I hate you, Kane Turner. I hate you, and I spit on your fucking grave. Favorite food? Ugh. It's a drink, Devonshire tea. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> it's not funny. Cane <laughs> corns is now my only second most loathed cane. <laughs> Favorite movie and movie star? Now this. All right. So Serious answer like or a le-
1: joke? No, this seems like a legitimate answer, and it may explain. The previous 10 minutes. Very popular comedic actor, uh, a beloved cult comedy from oh. like 2008. Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore. No, 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 about 2008. One of the biggest comedy st- movie stars in the world, American. Will Ferrell. Yes.
0: And the movie, Cult. Cult. Film. Cult movie. Um, it would be uh, Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky <sighs> Bobby. Step Brothers. Oh.
1: And I reckon that Kane Turner thinks he's doing a bit of that absurdist freestyling. Yeah. I mean Step Brothers was an entirely improvised film. But let's just say like John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, just a little better yeah. at this than you, Kane. You can probably kick a footy better than them. But
0: just leave the jokes to those guys, all right? Yeah, take that fucking nonsense, that adult swim mate, and fucking keep it out of the pocket profile. <sighs> All right, there's two more questions to go and I'm just exhausted. Oh, Thanks, man. Kane, for ruining the show. <laughs> it's really just... I feel worse about this pocket profile than I do about the Bulldogs losing. What's his favourite TV show? And it's The Real George Housewives
1: Answer? of something. That's the... That's his, that's his, Real, the Real
0: Housewives of Miami. The Real Housewives of Auckland. I don't even thought if there is a real house. I was uh, I'm don't gonna, think it is. I think I'm gonna his dumb jokes again. Fuck, I hate Kane Turner. I've <laughs> never hated an AFL footballer more than I hate Kane Turner.
1: Three things you would like to do after your footy career. And this is, I assume, a serious answer, and it's in the Braden Proust school of what he said he'd be doing when he left. Oh, uh, porn? No, <laughs> <laughs> he never said that. He just, he liked his favourite. I mean, Braden Proust... Like he was the prototypical Kane Turner. He sort of pushed the limits of what we we're okay with. We let him get away with it. We thought, Oh, a couple of gags, a
0: couple of dumb gags here and there. But mostly A couple of joke answers I'm fine with. I don't yeah. mind in your pocket profile if there's a couple of things you don't have legitimate answers, you know, where you're dobbing a teammate or you have a bit of a joke answer. I am fine with that. But this is all fucking jokes. Where all are you jokes. gonna get if it's all fucking jokes? No thank you, sir. Three things you'd like to do after your footy career. And
1: I think this is a sincere answer, but there's a mm. kind of attempt to be a salt of the earth kind of bloke. Like this is his way of finishing the pocket no, profile no. by saying, it's just all gags. It's all get gag. married, have kids, raise a family. Nah, building, bricklaying and laboring. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm one of Scott Morrison's, uh, you know, I'm one, of, I'm one of the guys,
0: the doers. I'm having a go because I get a go. I'm doing a go-go. Where the go-go well, is. I'm a go-go. The good news is, Kane. I feel like that dream is happening sooner than you imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll finish
1: it there. Uh, thank you, everyone, nah. for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Look, whatever happens from here on in, I'm happy with where the Saints are. To pass mark. It's been a good year. Um, but I would love to beat the Tigers. It would be great. If we beat the Tigers, then I'm done. We're fine. I don't need to go further than that. But I don't nah, think it's if going you to beat happen. the if you beat the Tigers then you got to go all the fucking way. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Um, play on. Not fifteen ball. We are two guys, one car.